Hello, come on in, it's Cat. Meow. And you're in for a treat. Straight out of the oven, it's Cinema Buns. Back with another hot, fresh take on film. Time for Cinema Buns. Let's dig into the bun, hun. Meow, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hello, welcome to Cinema Buns. Um, this week, my guest Aaliyah and I are talking about Something Wicked This Way Comes, the book and the movie. But before we get to that, we're going to do a kind of just short introduction, wrapping up what I watched and anything Aaliyah watched this fall in uh, our October viewing. But once we get into the Something Wicked This Way Comes, it will be spoiler heavy. We're talking about the book compared to the movie. So if you've not read or seen that and don't want spoilers, don't listen to that part. But first of all, uh, introducing for the first time ever a guest who isn't my wife in the studio here with me, Aaliyah. Yay, hello! It's very fun to be doing this in person. Wow, I've never made eye contact with a guest before. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it really adds to the podcast. I hope yeah. people are like, I can tell that eye contact. They'll be able to feel that chemistry. I made a big list of like October movies and then school was so busy in October so I don't think I updated the podcast very much so I'm just gonna mention a few that I got to watch but um why don't you let us know what you enjoyed either watching or reading because Aaliyah is a book youtuber and book aficionado and book enthusiast and lover of big books and she cannot lie I cannot lie yeah books 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 um what what was kind of fall themed this year for you so I am a total weenie so when it comes to spooky season we uh do spooky as in like decom spooky so uh as in Disney Channel original movies Aaliyah read the confused look upon my face. I did. I did. I just, like, utter, like, befuddlement. Yes. Disney Channel movies. Disney Channel original movies. Um, So, well, we watched some Hocus Pocus, Mm -hmm. watched your classic Halloween Town, you know, and then Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge, (laughs) which, arguably better, although I think that's slightly controversial. Um, Well, you've just alienated half this audience. I know, I probably did. Although I feel like most people who have seen both can attest that Calabar's Revenge is real good. They really did a good job with a lot of those sequels um, continuing in on the fun. I like that in the second one they still like go into the Halloween world because I feel like this happens sometimes I don't know, maybe specifically with Disney Channel movies but like the first one goes to the other world. And then the second one kind of just takes place on Earth, and you're like, well, I already live there, so I don't care. <laughs> but I like that they still explored a little more of Halloween Town. Yes, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So that, and then Twitches, Tia and Tamara Maori, classic. I read those books, and my sister and I got in a big fight over, like, we both were reading them at the same time, and we'd, like, take turns reading chapters. Oh, and then, like, we both wanted to read it, and, like, we were like you already had your turn and you didn't read and we definitely like were so invested in the books i don't know how many they had of those books but they were good but i've never seen the movie the movie was very good it's very fun um but yeah so other than that the only other movie i saw is dune i actually got to see that in theaters for my dad's birthday 
Oh, Dune, 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 Dune. Um, what you doing? How you doing? How you how doing? You doing? <laughs> um, um, how many sandworms out of five would you give it? Um, I would say it's a solid four sandworms. Um, there I thought you are... were going to give it four and a half, and I was like, oh gosh, a half sandworm. No, I mean, at first I was thinking a three and a half, mm-hmm. and then I was like, ah, no, the, the effects are really cool. I thought um, Timothy did a really good job. Um, also, I know people like to talk about that Oscar Isaac scene. That Oscar Isaac scene, if you've seen it, you know what I'm oh. talking about. Oh. Um, <laughs> I've not, and I have something to look forward you to. You sure do. Or to um, cringe during, we'll see. Um, <laughs> my mom continues to tell me about how... She doesn't understand why everyone wants her to like Timothy Chalamet. She thinks he's fine, but, like, why is everyone so concerned with her liking Timothy Chalamet? And um, my mom doesn't listen to this podcast, so it's fine. But if you do, Mom, I want you to know you don't have to like him. It's okay. I don't think you're the target demographic for him. But I just, like, anytime it gets brought up, I know she's going to be like, I'm just tired of being told I have to like him. And I'm like, who is doing this to you <laughs> who tell is telling me. you tell me <laughs> who is making you like him it's okay you it's don't have okay. to hey honestly i think a lot of his like big movies i haven't seen i just know of him mainly from twitter um if we're honest twitter is making you like him twitter is like like timothy chalamet or else Wow. Well, yeah. I hope you and your mom, uh, <laughs> I hope you and my mom are free from the oppression of the, what do they call themselves? The Chalabays? Chalabays. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> you know how someone who likes Grateful Dead's like a deadhead, so I was trying to think like a Chalamet head, and I was like, no, nah, it doesn't make sense. What's a better name? Chalabay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, I thought it was good. I think a lot of the uh, criticisms are super valid. We've got uh, a slight case of white savior complex and a severe lack of Zendaya, despite all of the promo making it sound like she was in more of it than she is. Um, the Tim Glee Club? That's bad. No, that is bad. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm not in charge of the Timothy Chalamet fan club. I mean, that amongst other reasons. <laughs> if you were, then you really would be pushing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Club. I sent my mom a t-shirt, Timothy, on it, a, a, a lapel button pin. And be I'm passive. like, I'm so confused. Why does she feel like people are pushing it on her? Just be passive aggressively, gifting her all of this Timothy Chalamet merch. Yeah, maybe he's written a memoir. We'll look into that. Perfect. Okay, well, I'll report back about the Oscar Isaac experience after I <laughs> see it. Perfect. Um, I think I've already said on the podcast, but we watched Nightmare on Elm Street, we watched The Purge, we watched Trick or Treat. This year we're the original Wicker Man. I wanted to watch the newer one with Nick Cage just for the just for the memes, but um, could not find it anywhere on streaming. Watched Muppet Haunted Mansion, which I did a pod about with my friend Brittany. Uh, it took us like seven days, but we finally watched the original made-for-TV version of It, my wife and I. It's like over three hours, so it, it took a few small viewings. Um, I saw some early screenings of stuff and watched The Strangers. And then the last thing I watched that I need to mention slash like almost want to do a whole podcast about is um, the Fear Street trilogy. Did you watch any of this? 
I will reiterate that I am a weenie. So <laughs> no, yeah. it's okay. I mean, I guess it's scary. I didn't think it was scary, and I think ET is scary. Um, <laughs> I mean, it definitely is not like Halloween Town. So this scarier than that. But it was super, super well done. And every one of the like, speaking of things you just mentioned, which was like not enough Zendaya, too much white people. This <laughs> Fear Street trilogy, all of the heroes are women, children, people of color, LGBT plus people, and sometimes all four. So, and I, I mean, I guess women are not children, but small girls who are LGBT plus people of color. And I just thought like, it was really cool to have a cast where like, it was, there was never like, okay, but the man is going to bust in and save them, right? <laughs> like, I, I, I never thought that was going to happen, and I liked it. So um, that was very, very, very well done. Okay, so now if you are like, I don't want to have something wicked this way come spoiled, then you've had your final warning. Um, although you've had since 1983 to watch it. So that's on you. And um, so Aaliyah and I read the Ray Bradbury novel, which came out in 1962. And then in 1983, Disney made a film. It was weird that it's not on Disney Plus. I don't know if they're like, I want nothing to do with that, but. I know we both read the book first as you should. Uh, just in general, I think. But, uh, so we can talk about that. So, had you read or seen it before we did it this October? I did read it, like, three years ago. I never saw okay. the movie then, so I only read the book. Um, and I read it on audio the first time oh. that I read it, uh, which was definitely a different experience, because I read it in print this time around. Oh, I thought the audiobook would be kind of atmospheric and cool it was it definitely add added to the atmosphere i feel like before i can say anything i have to just say what's been pressing on my mind which is 54 is not old <laughs> it's not old <laughs> no you're practically with the crypt keeper <laughs> withered withered and ancient i just want to say that will's father is 54 he's only 54 <laughs> like that's not old so i just um. i'm probably gonna say that 12 more times the emphasis on just how <laughs> decrepit this poor man must be was just so silly <laughs> it really really was i don't know 54 is different today than it was when the book came out in 62 but not like that much like it's not like it's the 1800s i get that he has like a young a young kid and so that's like part of the weirdness is being like a dad at that age but anywho, let's say comparison of the two. Mm -hmm. Let's start there. What would you say was the one you liked better? Or it sounded like you were not that excited about the book after we read it. And then we watched the movie. It sounded like you were less excited. <laughs> I think if, yeah, if I had to choose, probably I liked the book better. But I also was not particularly a <laughs> fan I, I mean part of it was just the language i think mm -hmm. me and ray bradbury are just not the bestest of pals but mm -hmm. also um i think i struggled because at the very beginning it tries to set the scene like when will and jim first see the you know the train comes in bringing in the carnival 
Um, and it's supposed to be this super creepy, eerie thing, but I did not get that at all. And so it was like... You were like, a carnival? Oh, boy! <laughs> well, no, it was just like... I don't, like, the way that it's described, it's like, oh, and it was really dark, and Will and Jim saw this carnival, and they were, like, like they automatically got the heebie-jeebies or something. Like, they were already really, uh, like, really creeped out by it, like, just from the outset, and I didn't understand why. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. get the feeling of, like, what made it so creepy, and, like, why they were already on edge just from having seen it come into town at, like, 3 a.m. Like, anything looks creepy at 3 a.m., so I just didn't get that, and so a lot of the looming creepiness that happened, the stuff that, like, made them extra suspicious right from the get-go didn't really track with me because I was like why are you so suspicious nothing has happened yet to make you feel like or that should make you feel like something wicked is happening right like (laughs) you know I think that's the thing that just didn't really track with me and like so if it if it felt creepier at the beginning I would be able to buy it a lot more and obviously there is evil stuff happening like you know gets creepy real fast but uh, I, I just I didn't I couldn't buy it from the beginning, and that kind of ruined the the building tension for me. If I hadn't have seen the movie first, I think I would have been more confused by the book because I watched the movie a number of times growing up, so I was like already very familiar with it. But a lot happened in the book where I was like, "Say what?" Like stuff that diverged that where the book was different I was very confused on those parts because I like literally didn't know what was happening some of the time and that being said though I actually do vibe with Bradbury I love 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 his writing I think it's really poetic and beautiful but some of the content being described was confusing to me and again I think some of that is just like because it diverged on the movie I was like what is happening with that like there was this whole thing in the book where um Mr. Cougar, like, he ages backwards, and then, like, they age him too far forward, and he's, like, this elderly, decrepit thing, and they bring him out, and they, like, put him in an electric chair, and then, like, make him Mr. Electro, and I was like, what? Like, that was very confusing. That was weird. It made more sense in the movie when, like, he just goes backwards, becomes young, and then, like, becomes older again. Like, there wasn't so much so much about the merry-go-round the way that the book really really was like everything was the merry-go-round there's a movie called uh seven faces of dr lao anyways it's from 1964 so similar time period um adapted from a book the circus of dr lao anyways it's the same kind of thing where like this mysterious carnival comes to town and like your wishes are granted but it's always like oh you wanted to be beautiful well now you're beautiful but also blind and you can't see your beauty and you're like well that's fine other people can see the beauty right like, it's kind of like that's the whole point yeah it kind of wasn't that fitting of a punishment but dr lao is very like um you know you get what you want but it comes with a price which how i felt the movie was where it was like oh he wants his leg back again but now he's a child which all things considered is like not that bad so i'd say the like I don't know, I guess this is just like a disclaimer or something that stuck out to me in particularly the book, which is um, I don't approve of how often they used words like freaks. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, really, and this is the nature of like circuses. Uh, it's just very disrespectful to like little people or mm-hmm. um, they had like, especially in the movie, they had 
uh, I don't know if he's the barber, but he becomes like the bearded lady in the circus. And you're like, that's a problem. Um, and then like the guy who owned, I don't know if it was the drugstore, he became like the Native American wood statue that stands out front. And you were like, wait, I'm sorry, are they switching like races and genders or just are they putting on the costumes of these? Like that kind of stuff was a problem. And just, the, yeah, then the idea of freaks is very like sad and hurtful to like call anybody that. So I was just aware this time reading it how much I was like, ooh, don't love that. Yeah, definitely the very old language, the very just, I guess, old standards of, like, things you can call people and stuff. I also noticed that. One delightful insult I did like that's not problematic at all is um, in the movie when (laughs) (laughs) Cougar uh, ages backwards and he goes to stay with his aunt, quotation marks. I don't know how she got associated with him, but anyways, Miss Foley, she's like the school teacher. I feel like they like, like he somehow tricks her into thinking that (laughs) he's her nephew. He shows up and is like, I'm your nephew. And she was like, sounds good to me. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) She's just looking at herself in the mirror the whole time. But anyways, Jim and Will, which by the way, Jim Nightshade is just an incredible name. That's like why I love Bradbury. Like what a great name. It's a good name. they, it's a little too self-satisfactory, though, the number of times they're like, ooh, what a good name. I'm like, <laughs> okay, we get it. Um, but my favorite insult is when they shake hands. Well, who is it? Oh, Jim shakes hands with the young Mr. Cougar, who's aged backwards. And he's like this little redhead boy, and they're like creeped out by him. And they go outside, and Will is like, oh, you shook his horrible, horrible devil hands. <laughs> I was like... His horrible devil hands. His horrible little devil hands. All he did, I'm sorry, all he did was age backwards. He's not a demon. I don't know why they were like, ew, his horrible demon fingers. Demon. Um, Yeah, so that was my favorite movie moment for sure. That was Um, a good one. That was a good one. I just want to read this short paragraph. This is the intro of the book, which I think explains for me, why I love the writing so much. Like, I think it's just very descriptive. So I'll just read this very short intro. First of all, it was October, a rare month for boys. Not that all months aren't rare, but there be bad and good as the pirates say. I was about to say, that's a pirate thing to say. Take September, a bad month. School begins. Consider August, a good month. School hasn't begun yet. July, well, July's really fine. There's no chance in the world for school. June, no doubting it, June's best of all, for the school doors spring wide and September's a billion years away. Um, okay, so now, end, end quote. Uh, I hate September. <laughs> it's like <laughs> a personality trait of mine, how much I hate September. So I feel like Ray Bradbury gets it. Um, but I also love, like, that to me really sets up the setting of, like, okay, we're in the mind of children who don't want to be in school, who want the summer to go on as long as possible, and we're moving into like fall territory. So I do love that setup. Although I honestly didn't get in the movie why Mr. Dark was after them the whole time. Like he's really trying to search them down and I'm like, they didn't do anything really. They saw Mr. Fully, or they saw Mr. Um, Cougar age backwards. I think that's but literally it. He's that's like, we it. must keep the secret of the carnival. <laughs> yeah, we like, must keep it at all costs. Let's go after some little children. It was kind of unclear why they were 
like why they were after the boys. Whereas in the book, the boys are a lot more meddling in continuing to come back and looking in on what's happening in the carnival. Yeah, I mean, also the the witch like targets oh, yeah. their house, which also was strange. How do yeah. you fly a balloon and uh, yeah. then drop slime on them? Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, two things. Number one, can we all take note that Pam Greer was the witch slash all the female characters <laughs> in the movie? Because I love Pam Greer, love her. Saw her in person. Give a like question and answer before a screening of Jackie Brown. Read her memoir. I love Pam Greer. Uh, She's a Colorado native. Oh, heck yeah. Love, love, love her. Um, But that aside, the depiction in the book, I wanted to ask, I'm glad we have this, this format now that I can formally ask, what is a dust witch? They kept saying she was a dust witch. And I was like, I don't know what that means. Is it the same as a dust bunny? What is a dust witch? Uh, a witch. I don't know. They, they made it sound like she was more like a corpse. Like, she wasn't yeah. even a real person. So, I think, like, that... I think it was more like she's a dust witch, but, like, capitals. Like, that is a proper name for her is the dust witch. Although, she seemed to have three names that they like to cycle through throughout the mo- throughout the book. So, I don't know. But that... I, I mean, I've... If there is a, a specific thing that a dust witch is, I've never heard of it. So... In my mind, it was, like, old crone meets corpse, um, also witch. I did not at all follow in the book when she, like, shows up at the boy's house and, like, is in a balloon. The whole thing you're talking about. I was like, what is this? Because that's not in the movie at all. It's like they were trying to figure out where their houses were. And I think that that's what that was for. And so she was going to mark their houses with the slime. (laughs) I Googled it and it just says from a fictional character from something wicked this way comes. So I guess it's not like a thing. What does the dust witch look like? According to Google described as having swamp breath, stitch wrinkled eyes, mummy linen ears, dry rivulet river sand brow. Okay. Yeah, it seemed like her eyes were shut. There was so many yeah, confusing... Yeah, she was blind, I think. Or she got... Well, she got blinded or got oh, something. you made a really good point about something that does not translate to the movie while we were watching it, which was the ending with Will, Will's father jumping around. Yeah, so, like, the ending... Uh, <laughs> it was so freaking weird. So, I mean... The big ending is that the thing that really destroys, like, the thing that kills the creatures, including Mr. Dark, including the Dust Witch, including everybody, mm-hmm. is laughter. Like, that that is, like, that's <laughs> wait, the ultimate Wait, thing. I'm sorry. That's the same plot as Monsters, Inc. Correct. <laughs> okay. Uh, correct. Uh, I was going to say which came first. We know. But, like, <laughs> which did it better, though? <laughs> But, like, so, like, that's the thing that can destroy them, right? And so, like, in the book, that is figured out because Will's father is in the library. He's getting attacked by the Dust Witch because Mr. Dark's, like, kill him. Except he said it a little bit. Uh, Finish him. He said it a bit better than I do. Um, and and he figured, like, at some point, I think he just got really, like, nihilistic. He's just like, <laughs> this whole thing is so ridiculous. I'm about to be killed by a dust witch in the library. This is just so silly. So you're just like laughing to himself. And then the witch like freaked out. There's like a light. I don't know. But she was defeated by his laughter. And so like that becomes like 
the thing where he's like, ah, I see. I figured out how to destroy them, how to defeat these p- things, right? N- none of that happens in the movie. And so at the end, um, at the end of the book, he uses that to ultimately defeat Mr. Dark and to turn him into a bunch of dust in the wind. Um by laughing in his face, um, which was actually kind of funny. And then so when Jim is uh, not doing so hot, he's like, hey, Will, we need to laugh and jump around and just be joyful because that will bring Jim back from the darkness or whatever. And then that ends up saving Jim. Everything is dandy. Yay. Uh, but that none of that happens in the movie. And so all of a sudden, Will thinks Jim is dead. They don't know that laughter helps anything. And then all of a sudden, Will's dad is like, let's laugh. And we're just like, why? <laughs> like, there's been no, nothing has been established that laughter helps anything. So you just seem very callous saying yes. like, I know your friend is dying in front of you, but maybe we should dance. <laughs> there's no precedent for it. It really makes him come off like very manic like he's just he's <laughs> lost it you're like wow you're 54 years of age have not been kind to you they never yeah. say i don't think in the movie his age but when mr dark is ripping those pages from the book and he's like you could be young you could be 20 21 22 he goes all the way up to 53 and then stops so i assume he's supposed to be 53 in the movie also or 54 but, or something oh yeah 54 yeah. which uh, once again is not old That's <laughs> not old um okay so for me having seen the movie growing up and then having read the book now what sticks out to me every time i experience this story and what brings me back to it is not the circus it's not mr dark it's not anything about the it's atmosphere it's not the devil hands <laughs> it's not the creepy devil hands <laughs> um it's horrible devil hands um i would understand if he had like cloven hoof, feet you know like, no he's just a little little redhead boy um, okay, the thing that draws me to this story that I think is so powerful that I loved in the movie and I love even better in the book, that is the relationship between Will and his father. Yes. I kind of didn't like the way they did this in the movie, which was at the beginning, the narration. He's like, but really, this is my father's story. And I was like, okay, you don't need to tell us. Like, I know that movie audiences, they always assume we're a lot dumber. Like, they're like, oh, these these movie audiences are stupid. Let's spell it out for them. But I wish they would have trusted us a little more because we would have picked that up. But I felt like in, oh, they also added in something in the movie, which was the scene where Will is like drowning. And oh, yeah. Mr. Holloway reaches out and doesn't get him. And um, Jim's dad gets him, saves him from the water. That's not in the book. And I do think that adds quite a bit because then you understand, oh, he's not just 54. He's also 54 and incompetent. <laughs> so like, yeah, like the whole, yeah. his whole thing about his age isn't necessarily his age. It's just that he can't physically be as active. Like yeah. the whole thing is that he couldn't get to Will fast enough mm-hmm. because of his age. It's like, that's his big hang up. Uh, and like yeah. he can't play the same way as he probably could have had he had Will when he was 30. I think that the Mr. Holloway character gives me a lot of Atticus Finch vibes. And I love that relationship of this very, very like 
paternal, wise father figure who's very invested in his children, but maybe doesn't know how to relate to them. And mm-hmm. I think that's relatable. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I think your case of not, uh, not really relate. relating to your children is slightly different. Well, they're guinea pigs, so, you know, we all have something. I felt like now, after having read the book and watching it again on screen, the on-screen version, I'm not as moved by this time because i think what really moved me last time was him in the library mr holloway like defending his children not telling where they're hiding like i always thought that was really lovely that he doesn't choose youth over like turning in his kids i i thought that was very sweet but then after having read in the book i'm like oh my gosh the relationship in the book is so much deeper and more Mm -hmm. beautiful and the whole thing where the father really develops a relationship throughout the book like when he's like we need to talk and then will's like not right now but in the morning and then he tells him everything in the movie he kept being like we need to talk you know about me getting old will was like don't want to do that goodbye (laughs) i was like what do you you don't just sit your son down and tell him i'm old and then they finally sit down he kind of tells him about the the drowning incident i mean i don't need the whole thing with them not stealing stealing miss foley's jewelry and then going to the police station that was a bit overkill in the book but what i did like about that was that they run into their father and then the father kind of walks home with them learns about their story like he kind of gets to be part of what it is to be a kid and the kind of camaraderie which we I just saw in the mini series the tel- made for TV version of it like that just really sweet childhood you're running around after dark you know like not worried about crime just I don't know that kind of innocent childhood wishing to be older like when you're so stupid you wish you were older yeah. <laughs> before you know it's all a trap so I really love the relationship between Will and his father. What I didn't like about the movie version is how many times they make Jim feel bad about his dad not being there. That was it's ridiculous so because it's uh, it was so mean because what did they, is it? He's that like, he's my dad's coming home. Or? Well, Jim's always lying. He's always like, my dad's um, he's on his way. He's he's in Africa. He's he's on an adventure and Will's like no he's not he's not coming home like it was so mean <laughs> and like several times and whereas like you know the fact that he doesn't have a dad is mentioned like once or twice but then it's like like it's not a thing that Will ever mentions in the book at no, all. No and I think in the book Jim is also very father I don't know if that's the right verb but is by Mr. Holloway I think becomes a father figure for him as well in the book yeah. and he really doesn't in the movie he's like oh Jim I've her Her? (laughs) like he just always forgets about him so yeah and i know you'd only have limited time but um they they seem to really in the movie focus more on all the townspeople coming to the carnival and becoming younger and like having richer and having all their dreams filled also the book really talks a lot about the mirror maze and it was hard to imagine in my mind what it was and then it really only shows up at the end of the movie and you're like oh oh, okay i do think it was well done in the movie yeah i like that 
Yeah, it was definitely, like, that was, like, another big bad, because, or kind of, I don't know. Well, I thought that was um, a powerful moment when he reaches through to grab, Mr. Holloway reaches for his son as if he were drowning, and he pulls him out, so he kind yeah. of had, like, a reparation moment there. Yeah, yeah, he was vindicated. Whatever. They're more under the spell of the carnival in the book. There's more of that, where yeah. it's, like, more magic, and I guess because we're not really seeing what's happening, sometimes it's confusing. It does feel like there's more magic involved in the book because, I mean, the uh, carousel is clearly magic because, you know, aging up or down. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like, the witch is, like, a big magic thing, whereas in the movie, she was just the seductress, pretty much. Like, oh, yeah. She was just... In the book, she was, like, this powerful, magical mm-hmm. thing. I mean, again, probably, like, a mummy, but... Um, you know, this powerful thing, like, practically Mr. Dark's right-hand lady, yeah. uh, aside from Mr. Cougar. Whereas in the movie, like, she was just there to seduce and, um, I guess, tempt people into becoming uh, people in the carnival? Yeah, I but she never, she hardly ever talks. Yeah, did she say more than, like, five words? I think she speaks when she's the fortune teller, uh, and that's kind of it. Like, she hardly ever speaks in the movie. She just gives you her sultry eyes. Yeah, so they don't really give her the same, like, autonomy in the movie that she has in the book. Yeah, so, like, that's disappointing. Although she's not a a decrepit dust creature, so... She's also not a dust creature. got that going for her. Yeah, I guess there's that. But I think you were right. The book definitely revolves around the carousel a lot more. (laughs) (laughs) I've been waiting to make that joke this entire time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's... I do love that they kept in the movie the scene where the boys are down in that grate. Like, they're like, I don't know, like, it's like a sewer kind of thing. And then the parade's going by. And then, like, they whisper up to... Mr. Holloway upstairs and then he like doesn't give them away I love that scene I do think it made more sense in the book because again he's Mr. Holloway's more in on what's happening with them in the movie he's he's kind of like a bit caught off guard by it like he's like oh my son's down a great okay well guess I'll cover for him yeah I feel like in the movie there wasn't like you could tell, like, eventually Mr. Holloway gets in the know of, like, oh, Carnival's evil. Somehow they're after my child. I need to help him out. But, like, you know, they didn't, since they didn't have that nice talk where Will just kind of, like, bears on his, like, listen, this is going to sound crazy. Yeah. This is going to sound bonkers. But, like, this is not, this is what's going on. But they don't, since they don't have that moment, it was, like, okay, my, my son is in this grate in the sidewalk. Uh... I, but there's also this creepy man with his face tattooed on his hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, wait, go on. Uh, so uh, that seems sketch, so I'm not going to say anything. I was going to talk about Mr. Dark himself. In the book, they make a lot of note of him being the illustrated man, and there's so much about his tattoos. And you don't see that in the movie really other than when he has a tattoo of will and and jim's Jim's faces in his palms and he's like have you seen these boys i don't care what it is if you ask me if i've seen these people and you have my friends or family members tattooed on your body i'm gonna be like nope for sure not (laughs) not communicating with you and then there's one other time when he shows jim his wrist and it's kind of just like 
swirling nothingness. But in the book, it seems like you do they do a lot with the tattoos. And I know that some of that's the limitation of the effects. Which, by the way, I loved these effects. I always call this effect force lightning, which is because I think of it from... Um, the original Star Wars trilogy when they use the force, especially the, um, who's <laughs> Darth Vader's, um, boss. Oh, Darth the, Sidious. The Darth, what? Sidious? What's his name? He's like the, the main bad guy that Darth Vader reports to. Why am I just like, I, don't know. Totally I really thought it brain. was Darth Oh my Sidious. gosh. Mary, if you're listening, I'm <laughs> so sorry. Uh, I'm like the Sith Emperor Lord. Palpatine. Palpatine, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm canceled. Yeah, his uh, Sith name is Darth Sidious. Oh, see, yeah. I didn't even know that. I am Senator a fool, Palpatine. and I am ashamed. Um, his first name is Sheev. <laughs> so we all learned something today. Sheev. Okay, but when he uses the Force, and it's like this lightning that comes from his hands, and he kind of like fries Vader. Sorry, spoiler alert. That that he's using is a film effect I could do where you scratch on the film like you scratch away what's there and then you can put different colors on it's like a pretty easy uh, effect to do in I mean not using digital because they didn't have digital then and I actually think it's really beautiful they also use that kind of look in um, the Don Bluth film Rockadoodle I just love those oh effects gosh, I, yeah. love I really like the way it looks because to me it fit with this movie because this movie is not meant to be dune it's meant to be like childhood magic but not like oh cute fairy tale childhood magic it's kind of like what a kid would think is scary and i think this is a good level of scary without like i again i watched this when i was a kid i didn't think it was like oh my gosh i'm gonna have nightmares or something although if you don't like spiders this is not for you yeah there is a particular scene that is not great i definitely got the shivers up the spine these beiders. Oh, these beiders. These beiders. Oh, oh. Um, did you like how Mr. Holloway got an upgrade between the book and the movie? In the book, he's the janitor at the library. Yeah. And in the movie, he's the librarian. That that was that was nice. I mean, I mean, good for him. And yeah. um, I do feel to me like it detracted from the story because well I don't know I just a different story but if you're the janitor in the library I feel like maybe he really wants to be around the books like he's not just the janitor in the school because if he was the janitor in the school you'd be like oh he misses youth but because of the whole thing with he recommends books to all the kids and you know he's there because he loves if there it feels like there's this strong escapism yeah that he really just like has this passion for other worlds and other times and being anywhere but where he is because the kinds of books he's always recommending whereas in the movie him being a librarian you're like oh well i don't know maybe it's a profitable job like i think in the same <laughs> sense that he was like there because of his love of the books 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 yeah and i mean it, it's to the point where like he'll wait for his wife to go to bed and then go back to the library yeah. and be like i'm just gonna hang out here for a bit with my books and i mean you know that's valid yeah it was it was definitely a different thing and i i mean i wonder even if he does have that job for his love of books i wonder if that also played into his self-esteem of not necessarily yeah. his age but just being like not the proper father for a 12 year old 
Yes. You also mentioned the point of view shift between the book and the movie. Yeah, yeah, because the movie is told in Will's perspective. So, uh, you know, the, the voiceover for the movie is like, it was October of my 12th year. I don't actually know what the voiceover is, but, you know, it's like Will's telling the story, whereas mm-hmm. the book is third person. It's like third person limited. So, um, yeah, it was just definitely very different overall. I mean, I don't know if, how much that actually changed the storytelling because that voiceover didn't show up after the very first bit, but it, mean- it was something I noticed right off the bat. I think they wanted to get that intro that I read, the it's October, rare month for boys, that whole thing. What I think about when a movie starts out with narration is, well, you know that Will survives this event because he's narrating it as an adult. So it kind of takes some of the suspense away because you're like, he's probably going to be fine since he's narrating it. What for me it did was make this similar to A River Runs Through It where River runs through it, um, Norman McLean is older, looking back on his life. And so this felt like it added a little nostalgia, because he's like, oh, yes, when I was a kid, this carnival came to town. Um, So I I did think that it added a little bit of like, oh, I've got a story for you. Come listen to it. But it did take you a little more out of the present of like it happening now. But yeah, it's not like they carried throughout too much with the narration. Yeah. And especially since it's not like it was only following Will during the movie, right? Like they Mm -hmm. still like, it's not like they were only following him in every scene. Like they were still, you know, panning over to Mr. Holloway or to Jim or to Miss Foley or whomever. So like... (laughs) The little whisperers. Miss Foley was always like, my whisperers. And I was like, I mean, you've been around children before, right? Like, these can't be the only two children who are whispering. I just thought it was so funny. She always called them my little whisperers. There are always, like, also some really weird things. And I don't know if it's just based on the time or something. But, like, you know, Miss Foley comes out of the mirror maze or whatever. And, like... Mm -hmm. Literally nothing is wrong. She has a very just blank look on her face and automatically Will and Jim are like, are you okay, Miss Foley? And I'm like, (laughs) nothing happened. She just, she just walked out. Like, I don't know what, what, what gave you the impression that she was not okay? It was like just little things like that. It was, they did escalate the action quite rapidly for the sake of the movie. Cause I mean, the book is, I mean, you're nearly a third into it before the carnival even shows up. Like, yeah, it's a very slow build kind of book. Yeah. So they really, and I mean, and I think part of that is like half of, I think a lot of the appeal of this is just the atmosphere because while again, I didn't really buy the, creepiness or like why not even the creepiness of the book itself but why will or jim would be creeped out i can say like you get the atmosphere immediately like even from the paragraph you just read like it really sets a tone um and i think that that is a huge part of this book is just that it has a very like yeah just like an old like it feels like a fall book like you Mm -hmm. know like kind of like you it's like you read it and you can like feel a chill in the air you can like 
feel that it's a little bit slower, that the days are shorter, you know? Maybe, it's maybe kind of hard to explain. Hot apple cider. You want a hot beverage. Mm-hmm. I mean, I often want a hot beverage, but especially <laughs> while reading this. Yeah, the, I'd say the character of Jim changed a little between the book and the movie. Yeah, I, I mean, know. I admit... I, I mean, I don't think it's an unpopular opinion to say that Jim annoyed the heck out of me. Really? <laughs> I I feel for him in the book. I feel like he's a real underdog, um, black sheep kind of character. And then in the movie, they added all this stuff with maybe his mom's sleeping around with other people. Yeah, that <laughs> like, was weird. She's like, oh, Jim's home. Um, oh, hi, no. honey, I'll make you some porridge and then please get out of here. Like... I also, I didn't like the casting of Will's mom in the movie because she's supposed to be super young and hot and no offense to whoever that was, but that woman was not like that. And I felt like so much adds to the, the character of Mr. Holloway being insecure. And I think one of those things is how young and attractive his wife is and she seemed like she could be 54 in the movie like i was like oh okay she's not really a spring chicken either but i think in the book he really struggles with like how can i keep her interested in me and relate to my son yeah so I, i kind of liked in the book how jim's mom was distant because I think that adds more to why he wants to grow up and move out of there. Whereas in the movie, you're kind of like, well, I don't know. Why does he want to be older other than kids often want to be older? I did really like, there was this one shot where Will trips or something. I don't know. He's on the ground and he's looking up at Jim. And then he's talking about how, like, you want to be older than me and you want to, like, lord over me yeah Yeah. and i i guess that was a really cool shot just to visually see what it would look like if jim were older than him looking down on him but i thought the friendship was sweeter in the book like they're each other's shadows and they're always racing and being buddies and um i think it was just a bit more like better established in the book which makes sense you have more to work with whereas in the movie it's just these two kids running around with each other (laughs) For me, the biggest takeaway is, like, I just love the moments where Mr. Holloway finds some self-esteem and then also, like, bond, like, to know that his son loves him as he is. Like, his son doesn't want him younger, his son just wants a relationship with him, and, like, it is really lovely to see, you know, father and son becoming bonded and buddies and, like to see Mr. Holloway, like, accept himself through the story. Yeah, that open communication and stuff. It was really nice to read that. It's yeah. horrible devil heads. <laughs> uh, horrible devil heads. That just, like, made me love Will even more, because I was just like, what a little drama queen. <laughs> like, I can relate. <laughs> uh, he wasn't just like, wow, he's younger. How did that happen? He was just like, nope, demon. <laughs> not having it don't look at him don't shake his hands (laughs) there's things about the movie i like better and there's things about the book i like better certainly some things that could afford to go in the book that we didn't need that were kind of confusing they could definitely add the line about the devil hands the devil hands back into the book yes (laughs) yes um (laughs) that really is the ultimate takeaway is don't touch the devil hands um (laughs) creepy little devil hands Yeah, and it was a little extraneous in the 
book when they have to go to the police station and there's like a lot more with that i mean i don't know i feel like that's at least like i mean considering mr cougar was like trying to frame them to get them in trouble so then they couldn't keep meddling yeah then that's probably more realistic although the (laughs) weird like pseudo stolen jewels even after miss foley like is like, ah, it probably wasn't them. That doesn't sound right anyway. But then she still made them go to the police station anyway. <laughs> like, she's so strange. A hoot and a half. It was interesting. Her character seemed to have a bigger role in, I know, honey, is it your dinner time? No, it's, it's not your dinner time. Calm down, sir. She had a bigger role in the book. Like, she seemed to be the one adult they interacted with consistently outside of their family. And then in the movie, they had Mr. Crossetti, and they had, like, the barber. Like, they seemed to have a lot. Oh, they added in that character who used to play football. And, like, they added in a lot more for the movie. Also, some... Oh, piggies. A character who I really like and remember that I... The... Is his name... I was called Nick Fury. What's his <laughs> name? Something Fury. Mr. Fury, the um, salesman. Who's oh, the um, lightning rod salesman? Yeah. Um, I think it was Fury. Yeah, it was Fury, but it wasn't Nick Fury. I like his character. I think he's an interesting character. And then... I don't know what I'm trying to say. Maybe I just remember him differently. I remember him, like, appearing at the beginning and then being like, gotta get out of here. And he actually kind of played a bigger role than I remember. Tom Fury. Tom. Good old Tom. Did I take the name? No. Did the name fire me to my occupation? Yes. (laughs) Okay. That's a man who's very passionate about lightning rods. (laughs) Boy, I wish I had that kind of drive about anything. Drive me to my occupation? Yes. Yes. (laughs) You know how I'm cat podcast. (laughs) Had to grow up and make a podcast. Wow. Well, anything else we didn't cover? Oh, you told me that your cover was... What What did your book cover look like? It was, like, red and white. It looked like circus stripes. Oh, that's kind of cute. Yeah. Mine has a demon horse <laughs> bursting forth from a... Which is interesting, because I don't think a demon horse exists in this book. For sure not part Ma- of the story. Unless you count the carousel horses. Yeah, this looks like one of the characters from, like, the Black Cauldron or something. Oh, it does. With the green uh, glow yeah. and everything. It does give you, it does set you up, though, for scary. Something Wicked is coming on this book here. This is no doubt but what kind of a book you're getting. Although on the back, it does have a photo of Ray Bradbury holding a cat. Which is... <laughs> and his haircut and everything. Like, in front of a book, like, this is, like, such a nice, like, author cover, or author picture. Because yeah. like, it's, like, uh, Ray Bradbury holding this black cat in front of a bookshelf. And he's like, so smiley, but there's no, like, synopsis of the book. It's, like... Why would you not want to read everything this man wrote? <laughs> Clearly, he has taste. See how honestly, the, his picture makes him look like he writes cozy mysteries, <laughs> like the kind of mysteries that take place on like a seaside town. With he a- could be Doctor Seuss in this photo. Like, <laughs> I want. I, I feel like the author of this book should have a monocule and a pipe and a like a Sherlock Holmes hat and like be in like a bat. Like a cave of bats. Wow. I mean, I was thinking like your old-fashioned study with a nice oh, leather yeah, chair. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I think this requires a leather chair and a fireplace. 
<laughs> the author I just mentioned never gets published. <laughs> so never mind. Or they just publish online. They're all self-published. Oh man. Okay. Well, um, where can people find more of your book opinions? More of my book opinions. You can find me at Aaliyah Uncharted. That's A-L-E-A Uncharted. Um, and I am on YouTube, on Twitter. You can find me on Goodreads and on Instagram. Ooh. Wow. Go check her out. She loves damn books, damn books, damn books. All of them, truly. Um, let us know what you thought. What If you read the book, watched the movie, have memories of it, have any memories at all, <laughs> let us know. Do you have any memories? <laughs> um, and what else you enjoyed this um, hallow season? I love all the October things the books, the movies, the TV shows, etc. And I know I didn't get through a huge chunk of my list, but I did get through more than I was expecting, and I also got through the things that were free. There was a lot that was available nowhere. I think in October they make stuff purposefully sneaky and hard to find, so you'll pay for it. Stupid money. Stupid money. So I don't know, maybe I'll start watching horror films in February instead when they're available again online. Okay, well, y'all stay classy and um, I will see you later. <laughs> you will. Bye. Meow. Okay, wait, bonus content. So the whole time I was trying to remember, I was like, there was some quote that was so weird that I remember it was in the first hundred pages where I was like, what? And I couldn't find it and I just found it and it was on page 94, so I wasn't wrong and it was in the top left corner. So once again, <laughs> whoever I'm proving this to, I was right. So the boys are talking about just, you know, boy things, just things boys do. And they're like, you know, like late nights, if there were gravestones to be leapfrogged or dead cats to be hurled down sour people's chimneys, one or the other of the boys would prowl out under the moon and xylophone dance on that old hollow echoing musical boardwalk. And I just, um, glad I'm not a boy. <laughs> that I never participated in throwing dead cats down people's chimneys. Just boy things. Just you know. boy things. Boys um, will be boys. Boys you know. will be boys. Dead cats. Yeah. Gosh. Um, I don't have too much of a problem with leapfrogging. That's joyous. But maybe don't do it on other people's gravestones. Possibly disrespectful. But uh, for sure disrespectful to both people and cats to participate in that second activity. Um just needed to mention that. Okay, that was all. Goodbye! <laughs>